The billionaires are blasting off into space. Jeff Bezos, Richard Branson, and Elon Musk are in the news for competing with each other in a space tourism race, spending chunks of money to become the first billionaire to blast off beyond the Earth's atmosphere. As a country, the Philippines also has ambitions of exploring the final frontier, but for much more practical reasons. We've already launched several satellites into space, and the Philippine Space Agency, or FILSA, wants you to know that launching a locally made rocket or sending a Filipino into space is within the realm of possibility. In this episode of B-Side, Joel Joseph S. Marshana Jr. and Gay Jane P. Perez, Director General and Deputy Director General, respectively, of FILSA, speak with Business World reporter Angelica Y. Yang about why a developing economy like ours should set its sights on the stars. Can you give us an overview on the space programs of the FILSA and what it has been doing for the past year? FILSA is a new agency. It's building from the ground up, but we're not starting from scratch. And that is because we have the momentum and we have a foundation that is built by prior activities of the Department of Science and Technology uh, with regard to space science technology and applications. So these are the building and development and operation of small satellites for scientific Earth observation, uh, Diwata 1, Diwata 2, Maya 1, Maya 2, and succeeding satellites and the utilization of the data from these satellites. So the plans and programs of the FILSA focus on building on top of those milestones. We want to continue our upstream activities, which deal with the development and, um, of these spacecraft you know, satellites, which helps us build a more competitive and high-value industries and high-value jobs, and also the utilization of the data, which we call data mobilization. And that cuts across many uh, sectors and many applications from agriculture, maritime domain awareness, environmental protection, disaster risk reduction, etc. So those are the two embodiments of the current programs of FILSA, upstream and downstream. And we want to not just sustain these activities, but to further expand them so we can reach more people, uh, more government agencies, even the private sector for the utilization of space data and infrastructure. How can the FILSA space programs help the Philippine economy recover amid the pandemic? Maybe we can start with you, Dr. Marciano, then Dr. Perez. The key thing here is information. Well, in order to plan and implement, execute, and assess our programs that target uh, pathways for economic growth post-pandemic, these information go towards enabling so-called data-driven and evidence-based policies. With limited resources or strained resources, uh, we have to be more targeted and efficient with the utilization of such resources. And that is where timely and accurate information can help us. So what we're seeing across the globe, and even with venues like the United Nations Office for Outer Space Affairs, they are encouraging all countries, uh, especially developing nations, to leverage space capabilities, space-enabled tools and technologies, particularly satellite images. So we can utilize data from space in the form of satellite images to monitor the state of uh, our environment, both the natural and the built environment. So one way that we have used that is we have uh, monitored the state of our ports and our roads. 
prior to the pandemic and during the pandemic and as we emerge from the pandemic, we are seeing changes in the volume of traffic and the accumulation of ships in the ports. And uh, correspondingly also, we measure environmental parameters like the quality of air and the quality of water. These things change as uh, economic conditions also change as we go back to work, as our factories reopen. So these serve as uh, so-called economic indicators and they can serve up to provide insights for decision makers in terms of assessing the state of our economic recovery. This can be done in the traditional sense by using instruments like uh, surveys or the census. So I'll probably just cite a few examples. First is on the issues on food security. So food security, we are talking about agriculture and also aquaculture. And using satellite data, we can monitor our crops, assess whether there is enough moisture on soil, which would lead to healthy crops. We can also look at the different stages of crops and assess its health conditions. With this information, it can serve as basis for intervention recommendations and farm management practices uh, that can be applied in order to maximize the yield or the production and minimize losses. So the same is also true for aquaculture. With satellite data, we can assess or we can have an inventory of our aquaculture assets and monitor the water quality in these areas, determine whether this infrastructure are operating within the limits of the carrying capacity so that they can operate well and avoid events such as uh, fish kill, algal bloom events. No? So these things, I think, are some of the few examples where we can use satellite-based information along with ground observation data, which helps in management, planning, and decision-making. Further on, on supporting our key development area of national security and development, we can leverage space capabilities for the reset, rebound, recover trust of government by helping provide timely and accurate information for monitoring and evaluating the big ticket projects and economic initiatives of our government. Uh, for example, you can consider this renewed thrust uh, to open up, say, the mining sector, promoting uh, responsible and sustainable mining practices, and that would open up economic opportunities, especially in the countryside. I think this is articulated in the recent issuance of Executive Order 130, uh, series of 2021. So space data and satellite images can be used to monitor the compliance of mining operators from extraction to rehabilitation of the mining site. So that information will aid in operating mining sites that will have comparatively uh, lower impacts to the environment, uh, such as the degradation of forests, the pollution of uh, waterways or rivers. So with the advancement of space technology and ground technologies, we can perform sustainability impact assessments of specific metals and minerals uh, supply chain. We can also use these technologies from space to detect potential disasters in the area. So more importantly, the same data and techniques can be used to detect illegal uh, mining activities. PhilSaw has launched several satellites, um, the Maya Cube satellite and several others. There is an upcoming satellite, the Mula, which the PhilSaw is recently talking about and which is currently in development. Can you tell us more about what impact can the upcoming Mula satellite have on propelling the country's role in the global space industry? 
So far, we have uh, already launched four satellites. You have Maya 1 and Maya 2, and also Diwata 1 and Diwata 2. Now, we are developing a new satellite. It's called MULA, which stands for Multispectral Unit for Land Assessment. This satellite is much bigger than the Diwata 2 satellite. It will be equipped with a telescope that can capture images at 5-meter resolution and a much wider coverage than the previous uh, satellite missions we had, and that is at 120 kilometer in width. So effectively, in a single pass of this satellite, we can capture about 100,000 square kilometer in area, which is uh, roughly one third of the Philippine land area. This would lead to several applications. So being able to monitor agricultural areas or forest areas, as well as the built environment. So we can derive products, uh, say for urban planning, land use, uh, land change, uh, land cover analysis, forest management, and as I already uh, mentioned a while ago, for crop monitoring, among others. The satellites were built through prior efforts um, before PILSA was established. If you talk about Diwata 1, Diwata 2, Maya 1, Maya 2, they were implemented with the support of the Department of Science and Technology, implemented through the University of the Philippines and the Advanced Science and Technology Institute. Now, let me add to the MULA satellite. I think they talked about the downstream, the utilization of this data. But what's also important here is, you know, we're not buying a satellite, we're building one. We tend to take that for granted. So why build one? Because as you build one, you're learning what you're doing and you're having an opportunity to retain the know-how and bring it in country. So included in the satellite is a license to remanufacture the satellite in country. So that opens the doors for local industry to get a foot into this new space economy by leveraging current electronics, semiconductor manufacturing and materials industries in the Philippines to um, cascading some of this to these local industries and challenging them to build these highly difficult and challenging products. Products that not only uh, survive in space, but can work very well. Your mission depends on it. Otherwise, uh, it could just end up being space debris. So when we build these satellites, we can actually uh, develop local know-how transfer and retention that can be used to spur local space industry development. We have actually flown homegrown technologies like radios, computing units, antennas, and other sensors in previous satellites like Diwata 2. So they're working very well, which means that they now have the so-called space heritage. And if a component, like for example, something inside your cell phone, you know, if that screen works very well on Earth, but if you bring it to space and it continues working very well, then the value of that component increases several times. It becomes more valuable because it has proved itself to be able to function in a harsh environment. And when we build things for harsh environments like space, we can branch out and build things for other similar environments, like geothermal wells, like uh, mining environments, essentially in areas where we deploy stuff and we'd rather forget about them because it's impractical or close to impossible to go back and fix them. So by doing these things, we are learning as a country to build high-value, high-technology products and consequently high-value industries and high-value jobs. I am wondering, 
in your opinion, why should Filipinas care about space when there are so many problems on Earth? Probably the biggest one that needs to be solved right now is the COVID-19 pandemic. If we walk ourselves back 20 years ago to a time where we have an opportunity to invest in vaccine development, then perhaps at this time we would not be falling in line for vaccines, but we would be offering vaccines to the world. So I think it's a test of foresight for a country to be able to start something even from basic research or even from things that we don't know how we're going to use them yet, right? Because we know at some point they will branch out to many things and will create different things. So if you look back to the history of the internet, right now the internet is an essential technology. But in the beginning, people were saying when they were first proposing the protocols behind the internet that it will not work. Actually, there are papers written that we have to persevere as a country and we have to think medium to long term and also in the near term because we can already utilize the data from space and it is going to factor into the decisions that we're making right now in addressing the pandemic and the typhoons and earthquakes. And right now we have additional tools. So if we can prepare our country better so that we can minimize economic losses and losses of property and lives from disasters, um, by virtue of the investments that we're making in satellites and the data that we're getting from them and the capability to process this data, then I think we are in a better position. Space is actually very relevant to us now. It may sound like it's out of this world, but if we look at all the applications of the data that we derive from satellite measurements, including the navigation, even communication, this is really something that we are experiencing or we are using in our day-to-day -day lives. So I guess that connection has to be emphasized. So these are very relevant to us. Actually, this should have been done a long time ago. Out of curiosity, I'm just wondering, is there any chance in the near future that the Philippines would be able to maybe launch its own spaceship? I would not rule that possibility out. Again, it's an investment that we have to make now in terms of building those capabilities. We can also leverage international partnerships that can make these things happen perhaps sooner than they would normally take. We have to look at the feasibility of it in terms of supporting industries. If we put uh, rockets in the Philippines, then we need, of course, apart from the workforce that will be involved there, the materials and the supply chain for these rockets, the fuels and all of these infrastructure that needs to be in place. I think in our country, there are very good areas where spaceports can be located um, uh, close to ideal ones. If we want to launch near the equator, then our proximity to the equator would be an advantage. And that's part of our foresight thinking, including an astronaut program. We need to support our future astronauts with meaningful science. Aside from what was already mentioned, I'll just put a spotlight on what we can do in the near term towards achieving that goal of launching our own spacecraft or putting Filipinos into space. And that is on building the capacity of our human resources. So by having our engineers and scientists acquire the necessary training, education, on various fields in space technology and space science, we are positioning ourselves to better undertake these activities in the future. And it goes as far back as training our next generation of scientists. So I'm referring to the, those in elementary and high school. So we have to strengthen our STEM program to encourage them to pursue careers 
in science and engineering and other fields like economics, space law. So I think that part we can already do at the moment. What is your outlook for the country's nascent space sector in the coming years? Certainly, we have a momentum that will carry us forward. COVID-19 presents challenges to everybody in terms of priorities and resources, but it has made our venture more engrossing, humbling, but yet fulfilling at the same time, because we know that these technologies can help in a time like this if we are able to better take advantage of it. And that means building the ecosystem. So I am, of course, optimistic about continuing to build the space ecosystem in the Philippines. And when we do that, we refer to developing further this infrastructure and capabilities that will enable us to be a data-driven society and craft programs that are evidence-based. So it's really just another tool yet quite a powerful tool and and a tool that is becoming even more accessible to nations. That presents an opportunity for us to create and add even more value to our economy by building higher value industries and efficiently utilizing space-borne data. I'll probably just add that we are encouraged by the interest and curiosity of many in terms of uh, the activities that we are doing now at the Philippine Space Agency. We hope to be able to reach as many Filipinos as possible. The Filipinos have to feel the value of space. We have to communicate it to them. Certainly, there is already a strong interest now, but I also feel that there are still a lot of Filipinos who don't know much about our activities, about our space program. So we have to continue working on that, and that will really serve as a backbone as we create and strive towards the space ecosystem, which is really participated by the industry, by the academe, the researchers, the government, and the general public. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Joel Joseph S. Marshana Jr. and Gay Jane P. Perez, Director General and Deputy Director General, respectively, of the Philippine Space Agency, or FILSA, talking with Business World reporter Angelica Y. Yang about space programs in the country. On the practical side, data from our satellites can be used to measure environmental parameters like air quality and soil moisture. But then there's also the aspirational side of it. Astronomer Carl Sagan called human beings a curious, inquisitive, exploratory species in a Christmas lecture he delivered in 1977. In most human cultures, he said, would be engaged in activity one might describe as a dandelion going to seed. This episode was recorded remotely on June 25. This is Sam El Marcelo. Thanks for listening.